Hello, Buju. Zhangwei Benise Kwe Nishnakaz Makwado Dem, Bijiti Wabek Saging and Nishnabek Nindonjaba. So I'm Sounding Thunderbird Woman, and my English name is Crystal Hardy, and uh, I'm super excited to relaunch these uh, first 12 episodes uh, of my amazing podcast, Under the Same Stars. And I'm really looking forward to coming back uh, in spring 2020 with brand new episodes, obviously starting with the number. 13, 13th episode, which is very significant uh, in many indigenous cultures, many cultures in all over. And there's 13 moons within the year. So um, very, very interesting. Uh, I'm very happy that you're here listening. And uh, again, please share this with anyone and everyone. Um, I really hope that you um, get to take away some really cool and interesting messages from today. And if not, I mean, you get to learn a little bit about me maybe, which can be good. I like making friends. I like meeting new people. I love to hear about you. If you hear anything from this or you you really feel called to reach out and talk to me, please do that. You can reach me on my Facebook page, um, which is Zhongwei Benise Kuei, um, and on my Instagram account. And I also have um, my own website, which is zhongweibenisekuei.com. So Again, please stay tuned. I listened to this first episode and it's re-energized me to remember all of the reasons why I'm here and all of the reasons I do the things I'm doing. And um, I almost forgot that that woman. I almost forgot myself. So I'm really happy to be back and remembering all of the things. So Chimi Gwech, a big thank you and please enjoy. Hello and Buju. Welcome to the very first episode of Under the Same Stars podcast. I'm Zhongwei Benise Kuei, which means Sounding Thunderbird Woman, and my given name is Crystal Hardy Davy. I am the visionary and host of this podcast series, and I'm super excited that you're here listening today. Um, I still can't even believe that this is actually happening, um, but I definitely... I'm super excited to share um, a bit of my knowledge and history with you today and sort of why I sort of got into creating this podcast series and, and what it really means to me. So first off, I want to acknowledge um, that I am an Indigenous woman. I'm Anishinaabe or Ojibwe from Benjiti Wabak Saging Anishinaabek, which is a Rocky Bay First Nation in Northern Ontario. I'm currently living in Thunder Bay. And I did mention uh, my spirit name uh, as Zhongwei Benise Kuei, sounding Thunderbird Woman. And for people who may not know, uh, our spirit names uh, connect us to the spirit, the spiritual world. Um, I believe that there's spirits in everything. There's spirits uh, within us or souls um, and also spirits within all living things and non-living things and that um, all of our relations are connected to us. So people who have come before us, those that are here with us today, and those that will come after us in future generations. So our spirit names really help connect us to that sort of um, uh, interconnectedness of, of all of our ancestors and all of the spirits. Um, also, I feel like my spirit name is helping to guide my life's work and life's purpose. So when I think about a thunderbird, um, and if the listeners may not know about the, the, the thunderbird, 
The Thunderbird is a huge eagle-like bird that soars through the skies and, and when it beats its big, mighty wings, that's the sound of rolling thunder. And I know myself, I, I love thunderstorms. I love the rain and maybe this is why, right? I'm so connected as a sounding Thunderbird woman. And when I hear that thunder, um, it makes me pay attention. It actually helps um, really get me in the present moment. So I'm listening to that, right? So as sounding Thunderbird woman, that's that's sort of the idea that I that I feel like my life's work is, is to create that rolling thunder, to get people to pay attention to things, and to get people to be mindful of what's happening in this present moment. So that's really a big piece of, of this podcast and, and why I created it. And why did I call it Under the Same Stars? So I find um, a lot of comfort uh, if I'm under the sky, the night sky in particular. I'm very connected to, you know, the moon cycles and planets and, you know, planet Earth and Mother Earth. And I just feel like when I'm under the stars, I'm looking up and I realize that, you know, through my insecurities and through my doubts, you know, it's so much bigger than I am, right? It's the universe is so expansive and there's so many opportunities and potential. And, you know, it's sort of trusting the universe and trusting that you're being taken care of always. And when someone else is looking at the night sky, they're seeing the same stars that I do. So we're sharing that common bond. We're looking at the same things. And within the Anishinaabe culture, we know we are very connected to, many of us are connected to Grandmother Moon or Nokomis. And Grandmother Moon teaches us to be okay with cycles. You know, she she creates, you know, the tides and and really is there to help nurture and be close to her daughter, who is Mother Earth. And Mother Earth really nourishes us and cares for all of us and, and all the plants and animals and, and all the, the humans on this planet. We also have Grandfather's Son who gives us the gift of light, which is so beautiful. And that's all beyond just this physical Earth we're on, right? So... I think it's so beautiful and it helps really, you know, represent even that spiritual plane where you're, you're feeling like we're all connected that way. So within this podcast, I'm really hoping that I can um, really highlight people who are doing amazing things in their communities, really trying to promote unity, um, trying to build bridges between different groups of people and with a special focus on Indigenous people, because myself as an Indigenous woman, you know, I want to be a, an advocate to heal these these relationships between all people and and really show people who maybe have um, a different idea of, of what an, an Indigenous person is like or, you know, particularly what an Indigenous woman is like. I think um, I can help do that uh, in, in a good way. Um, 
And so I've, you know, I've already had the very distinct pleasure of inter- interviewing several people that um, you'll be hearing from very shortly. Uh, within this podcast series, I will be posting um, weekly episodes with um, different people across Canada that are, again, um, creating this um, unity and positivity within their their own hometowns. And really honoring them and celebrating them because they are inspirational leaders to me and I'm hoping that they'll be inspirational leaders to you. So each month I'll start off um, you know with with uh, three or four interviews an episode each week um, launching on Thursdays and at the end of the month I will come in and do uh, my own narrative podcast similar to this one Um, And on each of those episodes, uh, I would like to share a drum song with you. So I'm a hand drum carrier. And um, for those who may not know, when, when, um, you know, you hear the drum, it's really the heartbeat of Mother Earth. So it's sort of, you know, the the drumbeat of the Anishinaabe people um, is that heartbeat, that connection to Mother Earth. And when the drum is being hit, it's actually connecting the spiritual world and the physical world together. So it's just so beautiful, and it's it's just a beautiful way that I feel very connected spiritually. And um, it's sort of a gift um, from me to you for coming and listening to this podcast. And I'm hoping you'll share it to your friends and family Um, and definitely um, leave me some good reviews and uh, hit five stars under the same five stars. No? No? Okay. (laughs) Um, So um, today I really wanted to highlight just a bit about myself and and give you sort of an idea of my background and the the work that I'm doing uh, in my personal and professional life. So how can I describe myself to you? I have different ways of seeing myself in different contexts that I'm in. So depending on where I am, of course, I'm wearing different hats. But, you know, I am a mother. I I have um, a beautiful nine-year-old daughter and a very handsome 18-year-old stepson. And I am a daughter myself. I am a sister. I'm an auntie. I'm an educator uh, at a local university in the School of Nursing. I am a student. I am a student uh, in a PhD in nursing program at Queen's University. I'm focusing on cultural safety and cultural humility with Indigenous patients within the healthcare system. Um, And this is part of the work that I am doing sort of in both my personal and professional life. So really raising awareness about cultural safety and cultural humility. And what that really means is that People feel safe to access health care or access really any resources and their cultural needs are being met and people are providing non-judgmental and very empathetic care. When we practice cultural humility, I, I just love that. The concept of humility um, can maybe be the same or different within the Western culture and with the Indigenous cultures. But when I see humility, I really look at it as, you know, walking hand in hand with somebody. I'm not better than you, so I don't walk in front of you and make you walk behind me. And you're not better than me, and and you don't make me walk behind you. 
Instead, we walk side by side, hand in hand together. And I'm humble enough to know that I still need to learn things. And actually, the more things that I learn, the less I think I know. And I find that very interesting, but also very exciting. And I think when I think about, again, the vastness of of knowledge that we have um, access to, it's me sort of looking at those stars again and thinking, wow, there's just so much more. And, and how exciting is that? So within this podcast series, um, I've already, again, spoken to so many amazing people and they're teaching me so much and changing me. And I'm hoping that when you listen, that you get changed as well. And sometimes we don't realize this, but within every interaction that we have, we're changed. And even if you only listened to the first part of this episode and turned it off, you would be different already from before you started listening. And I think that really exemplifies the purpose and the power of storytelling. In our Anishinaabe culture, we storytell. We we pass down through oral traditions. And I feel like that's just such an amazing way to do it because sometimes your story, it doesn't change in a way that you're making anything up. It just shifts and different pieces of the story come out depending on the audience and depending on, you know, what message needs to be heard. And, and I really feel that when I speak, sometimes I don't even remember what I've said after I've, I've sat down from, you know, speaking in a lecture or speaking at an event because I truly feel that that spirit speaking through me and, and whatever is being said either needs to be said for someone who's listening um, but also needs to be said for my own healing. So again, through conversations, we can have that exchange and it's more than just a dialogue or communication. It's happening again within our spiritual realm, which is so beautiful. And I hope you can feel that and hear that within, within the conversations I've had with people. So try to do this in a way where as much as possible, I will sit down face to face with someone and have tea and just see what comes up, right? Nothing is scripted. For, you know, there's a few questions that I want to ask each person, but it's just sort of, I just let whatever spirit wants to come out and be told that's what happens. And, and it's just so beautiful, the different messages that are coming to me and, and to the people I'm speaking to. So I would love it if when you listen to an episode, you comment and let me know what you thought of it, if it was the same or different than me. Um, and also, you know, if you like it, please share this out to your friends and family and, and help them to, to maybe hear something that they might not have heard before. Um, and it's just, it's super exciting to me. So again, I'm so happy that you're here and that you're listening. So if I want to shift a little bit to my personal life and sort of what else has sort of guided me to this path, um, I can share with you that, you know, uh, as with many other Indigenous people uh, across the world, you know, I have been uh, affected by intergenerational trauma. I am a trauma survivor myself. And, you know, I've re- worked very hard with the support of many loving people to be able to break a cycle of disadvantage um, within my own family. So I grew up uh, in poverty, very, um, you know, low socioeconomic sort of um, area of town. Uh, My mother was a single mother of three children, and I was the oldest. And, um, 
she had some traumas of her own that she wasn't able to deal with uh, and maybe didn't have the supports to do that. And she um, started using drugs and alcohol to sort of numb that pain. And, and I've come to learn that that's pretty typical, right? No one wants to feel pain or shame or those really low feelings. So they, they'll numb it with something, right? Um, and I didn't understand the, the, the true impact of intergenerational trauma um, until sort of in the last probably maybe five years in my life. And I kind of hate saying intergenerational trauma because I feel like it's a term that's kind of just overused. It sort of feels like a buzzword now. But what I, what I feel, which is actually more representative, is, is this blood memory. And I feel like I, I carry the blood memory of, of all those generations before me, right? And I feel such a sense of responsibility that I need to change the future for, for the next seven generations that come after me. And particularly seeing in my daughter... You know, she has never experienced any of those, you know, damaging things that I experienced growing up as a child. And, and I feel really proud that I was able to provide that safety for her. Unfortunately, my mother suffered her own traumas. Her name is Ruby. And, and she wasn't able to overcome that cycle. And I know that she obviously wanted to, but, you know, she just wasn't in the space or had the supports to get her through that. So she was numbing with drugs and alcohol and progressively got um, into harder drugs like IV drugs and using heroin and was getting quite sick from that. Um, She had HIV and hepatitis and um, got involved in, in sex work because, you know, that's typically how people who um, are using some pretty expensive drugs um, tend to have to get what they need, right? Um, and so we had moved to Vancouver, um, and um, Vancouver is notorious for, they call it the downtown east side. So that's where a lot of sex workers work out of. There's a lot of drug use happening, very many people living vulnerably, living um, on the streets, and um, definitely a very high-risk population, right? And and at high risk for violence, and and definitely that's been highlighted time and time again. Um, and so my mother, um, unfortunately, was one is one of those statistics. She um, has been missing since 1998. And the last time I actually saw her was in 1991. And um, she's presumed to be murdered by Robert Picton, which is uh, one of Canada's worst serial killers. And the unfortunate part for me and my family is that we still don't have answers because meeting with the RCMP and going through her file and, and all of the evidence that they were able to collect or not collect, um, it's still not clear if, if um, Robert Picton murdered my mother, but they do feel that um, it's the most likely cause of her disappearance um, because also she was quite a sick lady and hasn't accessed any healthcare services or you know, um, obtained any sources of social assistance. And that was the time that Robert Picton was very um, active. So if if you don't know about Robert Picton, I would encourage you to you know do a little bit of research about it. I can um, just let you know that if you just Google him, you'll look it up. I, I won't post links to anything related to him because I, I don't really like to promote um, any sort of 
um, glamorization of, of the things that he did or was accused of and um, charged for. Um, because there was a time that he was starting to write a book, a memoir, and um, was selling it on um, Amazon. So um, anyway, you'd be able to find a lot of information about the history of that. But, you know, I was so affected by thinking that, you know, how my mother's end might have been and coming up with lots of different things that might have happened to her. And within um, that property, which they call the farm, you know, there was lots of pigs and they would call, you know, they had a little, you know, hangout called uh, Piggy's Palace, that sort of thing. But Robert Picton um, actually did um, feed a lot of uh, his victims' bodies to the pigs on the farm. So as you can imagine, that's um, something that's really difficult for me to think about and process. And there was times that actually I couldn't read any books about farms or anything um, with a pig in it or watch movies like that with my daughter because uh, I was re-traumatized over and over thinking about that. But luckily I have had um, many supports in my life, um, you know, through my family and friends and, and counselor and, and all of these people who, you know, really have helped me through my healing journey. And I'm nowhere close to being done, but I think that's, again, another exciting thing when, when I'm thinking like, what are the possibilities now, right? As, as I do more and more healing, it's the more and more healing has to be done, but um, I know that that's, you know, what I need to do to, to be in the best place to provide this advocacy and awareness for other people. Again, you know, under the same stars, everything is much bigger than just me. And, um, but really um, healing myself in a good way so that I can be a role model for other people who may want to be starting their healing journey. Um, I also have lost my father, Robert. Um, his nickname is Boke. And he died unexpectedly um, from a heart attack. And that was also a, a very traumatic and tragic uh, event in my life. Um, and so really looking at both of my parents, um, not being able to say goodbye to either one of them, and, and really feeling um, very disconnected from, from them, obviously. And, and now trying to connect to them through my storytelling, through uh, my, my father was a, a brilliant musician and I have some of his guitars and I play guitar and I just, I feel so connected to him when I do that. And, and I just, I feel him with me. I feel his spirit with me. And when I go and speak about missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, I'm so connected to my mother and I feel her with me there. So the, like that's really the beauty of, of knowing that we're so connected in our blood memory of, of, of our ancestors. And why I think I need to raise awareness more about breaking that cycle of disadvantage, um, my younger brother unfortunately wasn't able to do that. So his name was Troy, and uh, he was murdered last year. So I often look at our stories and how different they were growing up, where, you know, I was placed into foster care, and although I had, a, you know, a couple of rough patches in some homes that were, you know, not, not very good and a bit, of, you know, abusive. I shouldn't say a bit, but abusive, definitely. 
um, but then ended up in some really good foster homes and, and people taking amazing care of me and loving me like their own children. And my brother was adopted, and his adopted parents continued um, to abuse him over the years, is what he said to me. And, um, you know, he sort of fell into using drugs and alcohol to numb that pain, right? And, you know, he got into, uh, there was a situation, and um, it's still an open case, so I can't really talk about it, but um, you know, he was, he was murdered and, you know, you know, that happened to my mother, that happened to him. So that cycle continued there. And if maybe he had the same supports as me, um, he could be where I am today, you know, uh, working, um, in a professional capacity or, you know, doing whatever he wanted to do. And, you know, if things were different for me, maybe I would be in that same situation where, you know, I was involved in, in sex work because that, you know, being, you know, eight or nine, it wasn't very many more years that that cycle wouldn't start touching, you know, my life. And, and I would have to start making money for the family, right? So it's just, it's very difficult sometimes for me and overwhelming to think of all of these things that have happened. But I need to spin it in a way that I know that I'm honoring them and that I'm being able to move forward in a way that is good for them, good for me, and good for my future generations. So um, again, it's just, this is more and more pieces of my life's work that is just so important to me and I'm very passionate about. So I'm super, super stoked that you are listening today. And like I said, please share this out to like your family and friends and, and anyone that you think would really benefit from hearing this stuff. And, and tune in each week as, as new episodes come up in conversations with people. And um, definitely, um, you know, make sure you subscribe so that you're going to get this notification every Thursday and it'll just automatically upload into your devices. So that'll close out what I'm going to talk about myself today. But I also wanted to surprise everyone with my very first guest for Under the Same Stars podcast. I'm so excited to introduce the very first guest on Under the Same Stars podcast. She is a wonderful young woman who is the most influential person in my entire life. And I'm so happy to introduce my daughter. Her name is Evelyn and her spirit name is Blue Thunderbird Woman. She's essentially what I do, everything I do is for her and I want to make this world a better place for her as she gets older and to be a really good role model to her. So, hello, Evelyn. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Good. Is this the first podcast you've ever been on? Yeah. Pretty exciting, and you get to start this very first podcast, the very mm -hmm. first show. It's always super fun. So when you hear me say, under the same stars, what does that make you feel? Like many communities getting, like joining up together. Well, that's really cool. Do you think of that because, you know, everyone's under the same sky or? Under the same stars. Yeah, under the same stars. That's really cool. And that's actually what I'm doing a lot of my podcast about is, is really trying to bring people together and to learn from each other and build community. 
So we live in Thunder Bay. And what do you think? Thunder Bay is an okay place to be? Awesome. Super awesome, hey? What's one of your um, favorite things to do in Thunder Bay? Maybe like play at parks. Play at parks, yeah. What's um what's your favorite piece of equipment to play on? Or maybe just run around? Hmm. Just run around, probably. Probably, yeah. Any fun games you like to play at parks? Hmm. Not really. No? Just you want to be outside and having a good time. Yeah. What do you like better? Spring, summer, winter, or fall? I would say winter and fall. Winter and fall are your favorites? What's the best thing about winter and fall? So in winter, you get to go sledding and everything like that. In fall, you get to jump in leaf piles. Oh, so fun. Plus, fall has Halloween, which is like one of our favorite holidays. And Christmas, which is another one of our favorite holidays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty fun. So Thunder Bay is a pretty good place to live. Do you think there's anything that would make Thunder Bay even better or friendlier or... I think it's already awesome. Yeah, Everything's, I think so. Everybody's super kind. Yeah, and I think that's really good, right? So if, if we're in Thunder Bay, we're all under the same stars as everybody else. And if we're kind to each other and nice, that's like a really good way to make a good community. Yeah. I think so too. Is there anything you want to tell the listeners or anything you think would be helpful? Not really. That's no. okay. Thank you so much for being my very first guest. And maybe as you get um, more comfortable with talking on the podcast, you can come back on again. Okay. Would that be all right? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, that concludes the very first episode of Under the Same Stars podcast. Chimi Gwich, a big thank you for being here today and listening, and um, please share with your friends. And now I will share with you um, the life-giving song, which is a Sundance song that originated in Sugging First Nation. And um, it is really uh, talking about how spirit will give us life. So Miigwech again, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>